Cause we got the alternative energy right. On a nuclear free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show I'm Michaela and this week on the program I'll be taking you to Collins Street, Melbourne To hear recordings from two recent visits To offices located on this major street In the central business district of Melbourne Collins Street was laid out in the first survey of Melbourne and quickly became one of the most desired addresses in the city, where today corporate criminals sit side by side with the outlets for the world's most famous fashion houses. First up, we'll head to BHP Global Headquarters at 171 Collins Street to hear a delegation of First Nations people calling on BHP to take responsibility for compensation and repair after Mariana Dam collapse at the San Marco mine in Brazil eight years ago. In the second half of the show, we'll head to the British Consulate at 90 Collins Street and the offices of the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, Level 1455 Collins Street, where nuclear-free campaigners called on them to take responsibility for compensation and clean-up after the British atomic test 70 years ago. On the 5th of November 2015, BHP's San Marco mining project in the Mariana region in Brazil saw one of the world's largest industrial disasters. The Fundeo tailings dam, constructed to contain the waste resulting from the extensive iron ore extraction at the San Marco mining site, owned by BHP and Vale, burst sending over 40 million cubic metres of highly toxic mining waste into nearly 700 kilometres of waterway along the River Doce and 170 kilometres of the Atlantic coast. The Doce River had been the source of water for drinking, irrigation and fishing, both for subsistence and commercial purposes, and is of huge cultural significance to the Indigenous people. 19 people died in the initial dam failure and around 13 million people have continued to be affected to this day. At 9am on Friday the 15th of September, Krenek people and other First Nations directly impacted by the disaster were joined by their legal representatives who recently won a case in the Court of Appeal in London and also Joseph Mitchell, the Assistant Secretary of the Australian Council for Trades Unions at the BHP head office on Collins Street. The Cranach people and their legal representatives were in Melbourne to seek justice and raise awareness of their treatment. First up on the show, I'll bring you their statements with a big thanks to Juliana France for providing the translations. BHP is one of the richest and most powerful companies in the world. They make billions of dollars in profit every year and the least that they can do is fulfill they have always said are their standards and their social responsibility to the communities and the workers and the, and the people and the countries that they operate in and ensure that nobody is left worse. will restore the livelihoods and restore the community that they have failed uh, through this disaster. BHP have been fighting for eight years against their, against their responsibility. They've been using every resource available to them and it's something that they need to stop. And so we're here today to offer our support, call on BHP to make sure that they do the right thing. Really thank everyone for, for coming along today. 
Good morning, everyone. We're here standing in front of BHP headquarters. With the responsibility that they not show in Brazil, BHP destroyed the environment, destroyed the life of many beings in Brazil, and we're here for that reason. We want to tell the world that we have the right to fight for our rights because our rights weren't given to us by the white people. Our rights were given by, and then he says an indigenous name, which I suppose is like their God or their um, higher power. My name is Marcelo Krenak. We're here in Australia to bring our voice and say and say, bring the people who are guilty of killing our river, that they be accountable for the crime they have committed against our nation our indigenous nation, our traditional people, the Quilombolas, the indigenous people that are suffering up until today, every single day due to the spring. We are here for them to take on their responsibilities, for them to see us and talk to us so that we can have a real conversation and with those we're still suffering today eight years have gone by and we're still suffering with the damage that they caused my name is chief Bayara. we are here to protest against bhp the damage that they have caused the life that they have taken from us the killing of our rivers. There are many traditional communities today suffering because they used to make the livelihoods out of the nature and Mother Earth, and they can no longer do that. BHP has been the great murderer of our rivers, of our living memories, which have been destroyed our medicinal plants have ended. The indigenous people use the medicinal plants to make all of their medicine, and they can no longer do that. So BHP needs to be accountable and punished for this acts that they committed, um, or these facts that they brought against us, for all the Brazilian indigenous people. That's why we are here. We are here screaming and yelling our truth so that the whole world can know the injustice committed by BHB. They have to pay for their mistakes and the errors they committed over there. And not just here and there, in any other country that they have caused disasters, they have to pay for it. Thank you. My name is Michele, I'm a quilombola from the city of Mariana 
in the state of Minas Gerais. We are here to show the world our voice, for everybody to hear us and for everyone to see what is in fact happening. We are seeking justice. We want the company to be held accountable. We are fighting for the existence, for the continuity of our people, our culture, our identity, the preservation of the environment, and that this company is actually made responsible, in fact. So we're fighting for all of the First Nations people and for all of those who were made victim for this tragedy. My name is Chief Luis. I am from the village of Corrego do Ouro in the state of Espírito Santo. I am here representing 12 other chiefs and 6,000 indigenous people that live around the region of Aracruz in the state of Espírito Santo. We in this, this region has been affected and impacted by the actions of BHP. And we, indigenous traditional people, have felt the impact of this disaster every single day throughout all these years. They have stripped us from our rights as traditional people. They, they have disrespected us, our culture, they have disrespected a way of living through their actions, causing the destruction. And this impact of the destruction has been felt for us continuously, every day, throughout all of these years. It is necessary for BHP to look us at to talk to us and give us a fair compensation for what their actions have caused. We, First Nations people, have looked after, preserved and coexisted with nature since the time of our ancestors. And BHP, in a very unfair and unjust way, through their greed and ambition, comes from a different country to come to our country in Brazil to destroy us First Nations people. This cannot happen. And I ask here in this country, for this country to come in and help our nations, our First Nations people to make justice. But justice is not just for us, it's for the nature itself. We all need the nature. We need the wind, the land, the water. When the First Nations people are impacted, the whole land, the whole earth is impacted. And this is unfair. And we can no longer live our lives, unless in theory, because the practical part of our lives is no longer possible. We want justice. We need BHPs to look at the impact of their actions and hear us, indigenous people, and provide us with a fair and just compensation. Thank you very much.
My name is Tatiele. I'm a quilombola from Mariana, from the quilombola community of Vila Santa Efigênia. And I also represent three other communities, which are Engenho Queimado, Embaúbas, and Castro. Mining has been advancing in our region in such a way that they are removing the traditional indigenous people from their lands and territories. We suffer enormously with the loss of our river, the loss of our ancestral land. We are here to seek justice for this company to respect our existence so that their advancement does not kill us. For their advancement to respect the people that were here before. So the message that we leave here today to BHP is for them to sit down with us and for them to really acknowledge and face the facts and the consequences of their actions, the consequences that they have brought to our land, for them to be able to build reparation with us, together with us, and for this compensation and reparation to be fair and include all of our rights as traditional people. They are fighting this at the moment in court. They're fighting this across the world. And it is important that unions, governments, investors and communities call on BHP to do the right thing and to ensure that no one is worse off for their failure, that everyone is adequately compensated, these communities are rebuilt, the livelihoods are restored and uh, respect uh, the local communities that they operate in. Um, and we really, again, thank you so much for each of your leadership and activism in this space. It is a privilege to make this stand and call on BHP alongside you for that. Thank you again. You're tuned to the Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR Community Radio and broadcast across the continent, thanks to the Community Radio Network. We just heard the voices of a delegation from Brazil of First Nations people representing impacted communities from the Mariana Dam failure at the San Marco Mine, part owned by BHP. We heard from Marcelo, Chief Bayara, Michele, Chief Luis, Tatiele, and the ACTU Assistant Secretary Joseph Mitchell. And a huge thanks to Juliana France for the translations. BHP have been fighting this in the courts, and it will be one of the big issues that will be raised at BHP's upcoming annual general meeting to be held in Adelaide on Wednesday the 1st of November. Some of the other issues will relate to BHP's Olympic Dam mine in South Australia. 
BHP took over Olympic Dam's copper uranium mine in 2005. Three of BHP's tailings dams at the Olympic Dam mine site have been given the highest extreme hazard categorization based on the consequences of a potential dam failure similar to what happened in, at the Samarco mine. We'll bring you more about BHP's Olympic Dam mine on next week's show. Now let's go to the British Consulate to hear some recordings from an action on Friday 27th of October, a date that marks the 70th anniversary of the second major mainland atomic test. Totem 2 at Emu Field on Anangu, Pitanjara and Yankanjara lands. Friends of the Earth's Nuclear Free Collective, the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons, hosted a public event to call on the British consulate for an apology to First Nations people impacted, to provide reparations and health care to those impacted, and to finally clean up the site and sign on to the United Nations Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. First up, we'll hear Dave Sweeney, nuclear-free campaigner with the Australian Conservation Foundation and one of the founding members of the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons, on the megaphone. This building here is the British Consulate. And upstairs are representatives of his Majesty's United Kingdom government, and we've got a really clear message for them today, because 70 years ago this year, the British government, with the complicity of the Australian government, well, without the consent of the Australian Parliament or people, and particularly without the consent of Australia's First Nations people, started British nuclear testing at EU Field in Northern South Australia. That was 70 years ago. There's continuing environmental, cultural, and human health problems and impacts. That was 70 years ago. That country has never been cleaned up. That community has never been apologised for. So we're here today, starting the cleanup and sending a message to the British consulate upstairs that that apology, that repair, that redress, that recognition, that respect, all of which has been missing for seven decades. It's never too late to stop getting it wrong. It's never too early to start getting it right. That's what needs to happen here. Today's event has been put on by Friends of the Earth, who give up to their name, by the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons, who want to see an end to nuclear testing, nuclear weapons, nuclear threat, and particularly in the world we're living in now, where two nuclear weapon states are involved in hot wars, this is not a time to turn our heads. It's a time to raise our voices and our hopes, our expectations and our arts. This has been 70 years, 70 years of imposed nuclear damage, 70 years of environmental impact, 70 years of cultural disrespect. It continues today. The site has never been rehabilitated, has never been cleaned or healed. The community has never been consulted, recognised or understood. And it is time, as we move deep into the 21st century, for the British government and the Australian government to take steps that haven't been taken today but need to be taken now. It's time to heal, 
time to repair, time to rehabilitate. That is our message today, and it'll continue to be our message until this grey human and environmental rights abuse is addressed. That was Dave Sweeney speaking on the streets outside the British Consulate on Friday the 27th of October. The group also delivered copies of the Black Mist and the Band Civil Society Statement which has been signed by more than 130 groups to mark the 70th anniversary of the mainland atomic test with a renewed call for Australia to join the treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons and adhere to its provisions for supporting impacted communities and remediating impacted environments. You can find the statement at icanw.org.au forward slash black underscore mist underscore ban. Next, the group moved to the offices of the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade at 55 Collins Street and we'll hear the voices of Zelda from Wage Peace and Nick McClelland from the Nuclear Free and Independent Pacific. One of the features of the 12 atomic tests in Australia was that even Robert Menzies, who didn't get cabinet approval for the tests at Emu Field and Maralinga, he wouldn't allow the British to develop thermonuclear weapons, hydrogen bombs in Australia. So they went offshore to Kiribati, what was then the British Gilbert and Ellis Islands, and conducted under Operation Grapple a series of hydrogen bomb tests. Today, Kiribati and Kazakhstan, who suffered under Soviet nuclear testing, are leading a campaign to get a UN resolution on the humanitarian effects of nuclear weapons. And one of, one of the fundamental things about the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons is it has articles, provisions, that say parties to the treaty must assist nuclear survivors and contribute to environmental remediation and clean-up. So many of our neighbours across the Pacific, Aotearoa, New Zealand, nine Pacific Island countries have signed and ratified this treaty. Just uh, in September, the Assembly of French Polynesia, a French colony in the Eastern Pacific, passed a resolution endorsing the TPNW, recognizing it as a norm of international law and calling on other Pacific countries to work together. And after the British tests, France conducted 193 atmospheric and nuclear tests at Mururoa and Fungatopha Atolls. Shame. 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 So the challenge is Australia's neighbours are working to address not only the abolition of nuclear weapons, but support for nuclear survivors, the indigenous peoples across the region who suffered 50 years of nuclear testing, more than 315 nuclear tests and countless experiments, medical and technical experiments. Our neighbours are acting through the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons to change this history. And Australians should join them. Yes. Yes. 100%. here from uh, South Australia. The BHP AGM is on Wednesday morning. Meet with us, Exile South Australia, to stand with Arabana people protesting the use of excessive water from the Great Artesian Basin to treat uranium ore. They are sucking the Great Artesian Basin dry. That water takes millions of years to arrive. It comes down from the mountains of West Papua 
travels right under the sea, right along the song lines and comes up at Mount Spring and BHP is wrecking that sacred water. So stand with uh, with um, Uncle Kev, Arabana Elder, stand with Exas South Australia at the Convention Centre North Terrace on Wednesday morning. So there are people all over this continent taking action against nukes. If you're on Gadigal country, Sydney, from the uh, 5th to the 9th of November, you can join Disrupt Wars to protest the massive arms fair that is Indo-Pacific 23. We will be down there at Sydney Convention <coughs> Centre all week, making a bit of a ruckus, saying, we don't want $368 billion on nuke subs. We need that money for earth care, not warfare. Uh, Treaty Enforcers is doing a great job here, cleaning, 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 but I don't think you can ever remove the stain from that, uh, that sign. Yeah. Still looks pretty grubby, doesn't it? Australian Government, Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. I'll have a go. Have a go, yeah. <laughs> Give it a good scrub. No, I think it's an indelible stain, really. What, what was the role of DFAT in the dropping of these bombs? Not a specific role for DFAT, but the Australian uh, Government, Prime Minister of the time, Robert Menzies, didn't even approach any government agencies for advice or advice the cabinet made a decision, a personal decision, that Britain could test these weapons. DFAT had little role then, but they've got a role now, and the role now is two things. One is to accept the responsibilities that come with cleanup, um, and the second is to advocate that this never happens again. And we firmly believe the best way to do that is through the initiative of PPNW, the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. So DFAT wasn't responsible for causing the bomb 70 years ago, but DFAT has a real responsibility and a real capability to address that legacy today and to act to ensure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Yeah. That's all for today's show. Thanks so much to all the voices that we've heard on the program and particular thanks to Juliana France for providing important translation of the Brazil delegation speeches. There are many activities happening right now as warmongering politicians and military corporations wreak havoc across the globe and it's important to have public conversations and join with like-minded people to take action. Disrupt Sea Forces is a mobilisation that aims to disrupt the naval version of Land Forces, Indo-Pacific 2023, and that's at the Sydney Harbour Convention Centre from the 5th to 9th of November. They're welcoming peace and climate justice allies together in opposition to weapons manufacture and to work towards earth care, not warfare. To find out more about that, you can go to wagepeaceau.org. And if you missed our interview last week with the organiser Zelda, then find the podcast at 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. Thanks so much for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast 
produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.